Rolling. 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 Maybe that's that'll be good. What's up, church people? One of my favorite things about being a pastor is getting to have amazing conversations with people that are just awesome. Something that I've seen to be true over the years is that church is just better with people that you know, love, and trust. So this podcast is taking a hack at turning up the relational temperature around here, a chance for you to live through me as I get coffee with church people. My name is Colby Allen. I get to be on the pastoral staff at College Heights. Today, I'm joined by some of my friends, Joshua Cowan, Jacob Green, and our special guest of honor, Caden Wooliver. Fellas, what's up? Yo, what up? What's up, everybody? What is up? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. First of all, that intro is pretty cool. You like it? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's really good. I chose it. Really? I- did you like clip it all together or what? No, it's like a royalty free music. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? So I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into why you know what I'm talking about. But right. yeah, so it's just a song that I found. And then, yeah, we, uh, that's funny. We haven't talked about that on the podcast at all. But it is a, uh, we, when we were setting up the first time for mm-hmm. the very first podcast, that beginning is us just like doing mic checks and like, Rolling, 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 rolling. And it was all, the all of us ones. just being silly. And then mm-hmm. I just like mixed it all together. And I was like, I kind of like that. That's yeah. fun. So yeah, that's what it is. That's where it came from. <clears throat> I need one like that. Yeah, man. So Caden Wolliver, Caden mm-hmm. BC. Let's get into that. Caden before Christ. What were, uh, what's, what was baby Caden like? So you don't want to know anything specific. I want to know all the specifics. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so where were you born? I was born in Joplin, St. John's. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think St. John's is here anymore. Right. It's Mercy now, right? I I think think it's like Bot or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you were born at St. John's uh, to, what are your parents' names? Uh, My my mom's name is Natalie, uh, maiden name Tarrant. My dad's name is Zachary. Wooliver. He has no middle name, which is... No middle name. No middle name. Okay. Um, I was born here, spent like the first three years of my life here. Yeah. Then I moved to Kansas City. I lived in Independence for like, till I was 12, mm-hmm. whatever math is on that. Yeah. And then came back down here. I think it was toward the end of sixth grade. And... Um, yeah, yeah you are baby number what? I'm so... I st- for the longest time, I was the middle child. Okay. <clears throat> and then my dad started having more babies. <laughs> so now I, I'm, I'm baby number two. Baby number two. Okay. Technically three on my mom's, like including my mom's side, but okay. for my dad, yeah. Yeah. How many siblings do you have total? So let me get, so. I got to do the, I got to do the same thing. I got to count yeah. them from all the different families and. Exactly. So this is going to make no stuff. sense to anybody, but I just Love need me. to do this out loud. Right. So, Britton on my mom's side, um, he's the oldest. Mm-hmm. And you've got my older brother, Zach. Yep. Then me. Well, that doesn't count. Um, my younger brother, Malachi. And then my two little sisters that he's uh, with, the girl he's with now is... Five. That's five, yeah. Um, and then their names are Zaley and Araya. And then I've got 
three step siblings or kind of step siblings. Then my mom and my not my mom, my dad and my in quote stepmom aren't actually married, mm-hmm. but I live I lived with them before I moved out. So their names are Kiana, Jayla, and Brandon. Then I've got another uh, sister that doesn't live with us that I don't see very often. Sad, sad or sad, sad deal. But her name is uh, Zaylee. Okay, so nine. So nine. Nine total. Okay, I got seven. Yeah, very I, similar. I feel like there's something, very someone similar missing there, setup. But, uh-huh. Yeah, I know, I've done that before. One time I was like, <laughs> I got this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have more than that. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you're, you're uh, second second oldest? Yeah. No, you're mm-hmm. third oldest. Technically, but I don't Britain's see my, like you. I don't see yeah. Britain very okay. often at all. Yeah. Um. So you're born here and then... Why, why independence? What what went down, what went on there that you moved up there? My aunt was already up there, and I think it was like a business opportunity for my dad. Mm-hmm. And my aunt was doing very well at the time. Yeah. So we kind of moved in with them yep. and was like living in their basement. Then they moved out. Then we took the whole house, and then we took it over payments, and dad was doing better and with just with uh, money-wise. And yeah. we own our own family construction business. Yeah. Well, really, my dad does. Like, There's two or three businesses in my family. Because everybody's stubborn and doesn't want to work with each other. <laughs> and they all, all have their own areas of expertise. But, yeah, I mean, that's why we moved up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What was faith like in those early, uh, like, pre-12 years old days? Um, Obscure. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it wasn't very, it wasn't talked about too much. But we did pray every night. Mm. Um, But I saw no other evidence throughout the day mm, you know what i'm interesting, saying yeah that and you, pr- you would pray every night what did prayers look like was it a rote thing that you would do every time so it was the lord's prayer okay so it was like you know that kingdom come that will be done on earth is that like and it was written up on the wall in the upstairs uh-huh. uh, in the upstairs hallway and we would all get together and pray and then go to sleep but yeah interesting mm-hmm. and then you know in that my mom and my dad were divorced okay. like basically my whole life so i would go down i would spend i would go every other weekend to my mom yep and she lived in joplin still does live in joplin ah. so i would go back and forth yeah and then i'd spend the summers in joplin with my mom would and, you, when you would go every other weekend would you guys meet in the middle or would you like someone would drive what there would there were times we met in the middle but most of the time my dad made the effort to go the All the, way. the whole way yeah well wow. yeah for i don't know I don't know. Best not to get in there. Like now. nine years, for a while, bro. That's a that's a rough rhythm. You it know, it is. A... We ended up stop, and that's one of the reasons we came back down. Mm-hmm. And then business issues, and yep. you know, family wasn't there, or my aunt and their family wasn't there anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you you would pray the Lord's prayer every night, but there you didn't see other evidence. Mm-hmm. And it could be that I just don't remember it because sure. I have very very bad memory. Yeah. Um. From before I went to before I came to Joplin, yeah. Um, but I don't know. And then with my mom, whenever we came down on the summers, there was like a summer or two where we went to church. But dude, there was just so much stuff going on in the house. And I, I'm very weary about what I say because depending on who listens to this, people could get angry. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So and I, because I still I love my family and I and That's I'm right. still with you know I still hang out with them today. That's right. And I don't hold any anything against them. Yep. Even the people that I used to, like, I let it all go. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. Now, those summers, um, 
where did your so your grandpa, right? Is it your dad's dad that lived across the street from where I live now? Yes. Yeah. What would you spend summers there, or what was the? Because mm-hmm. um, you talked about spending a lot of time there, and I think that's such a cool connection that yeah we built is. a house across the street from where you could <clears throat> spend a whole lot of time. As a I kid. watched your house get built. Right. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That's crazy. It just years later, God's wild like that. It's yeah. pretty cool. But um, yeah, I mean to think in that in that moment, you weren't even a Christian yet. No, I was doing debaucherous things. You're watching that house be built, and you're thinking like, and then to think three years later, you're going to be sitting in this dude's office who is building that house. Oh my gosh. I haven't like looked at it like that, but yeah, three. I don't know if it was exactly three years later. I think it's been a bit longer, but. It's been yeah. three years since, I mean, it was, it was being built right now, three years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well then, yeah. Cause yeah. I was there before and after it was built. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know about after. I think we moved out right before it got finished. But yeah, so when we came back down, we lived off of fifteenth off of uh fifteenth street yeah. by Connecticut in that yeah. area, Park Hill, yeah. right across the street yeah. from Park Hill. And um but when my grandpa passed away, we wanted to keep the house in the family, so we moved and we lived there for two or three years. Yeah. And I mean that's where that that's where I spent but whenever I came down for the summers with my mom she lived with my stepdad, which is now like my ex-stepdad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's still my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they lived over there by the Heartland Dog Food Company. Mm-hmm. So, Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So 12 years to 12 to 18. Tell us about those years. You're back in Joplin. You're living with your dad, still going to see your mom, or you're living with your mom? Um. So like that's where... The whole mom situation gets complicated. She got sick. She got really sick. Mm. She ended up being in the hospital for like a year. Mm. Barely got went to go see her. There was so much like animosity between my dad and my mom growing up <clears throat> that like, you know, arguments and different stuff like yeah. that. You never knew who to believe. And so I just got to the point where I didn't ask any questions because yeah. somebody's going to lie about somebody right. or somebody's going to make something seem worse than it actually is. Yeah. Or yeah. there was just no good faith arguments. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so she got sick and she was in the hospital and we just didn't see each other that much Yeah. Um, for, for a long time. Mm. And recently it's gotten better. Good. Uh, but yeah, that's how it was with my mom. What was the second part of that? Just like, what did those, yeah, who'd you live with? And then what did those years look like? You're going to, where'd you go to middle school? So I went to middle school at East. Yeah. And I think the rest of sixth grade, like I just... Kind of got connected with people, you know, yeah. it was a new school, new environment. So um, I don't remember. I think it was so seventh grade is when I got on probation for the first time. Mm. Yeah. And then like because like, I like I bought weed in the middle of school <laughs> 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 and I got screwed over too. this. Like, I got robbed. <laughs> but uh, hey, if you're going to get on probation, at least make sure it's a good deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very bad deal, bro. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, my, don't get into the specifics of the deal, but somebody like told on me, and, and I remember the principal came to me in my com- communication arts, and he was like, he just pointed the finger, came or looked at me from the corner of the classroom, and just, you know, did the finger yeah, the wave. Finger, yeah, yeah. Come here, come, come here. And we went to the other room. He was like, "What do you have in your pocket?" <laughs> oh. Yeah, and so, and I was like, "It's an herb." I was so stupid. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, and so like so that's obviously when I started smoking. Um, seventh grade, seventh grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was just 
I don't know, getting to know people, feeling the wrong crowd, obviously. Um, How did you, what was the, what was the moment that you started to go down that road? Do you remember a moment where someone invited you into that world? Someone, um, or, or was it like, you know, how a, a frog gets boiled, like it's slowly over time? You know what I'm saying? I think, how do I want to word this? Because it's important. Um, whenever I first came down here, the color of my skin was a comfort factor. Mm. So I would find people that kind of talked like me or my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I had white friends too. Don't get me wrong. And I, and I knew I was friends with everybody, Yeah. but the people that I hung out with outside of school and right where I live at like two blocks, two or three blocks away, they used to call it dope meadows, but mm-hmm. now it's like Michigan place apartments. Mm-hmm. So I knew a lot of people from there and the guy, a, a guy from there is one who first invited me to go smoke mm-hmm. and we smoked at Par Hill, like in the tunnels or whatever. I don't even think I got high for the first time. I was just like acting like it cause I didn't know. Um, but yeah, I think it was like over time. I didn't know what was happening, but it like the frog got boiled, yeah. so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So seventh grade, you get on probation for the first time does that lead to a series of probations and stuff like that or <clears throat> I got on probation one other time um for an even stupider reason <laughs> honestly um but yeah like I got off it felt like forever but I think it was only like a year a year and a half and it was it was like drug court it wasn't exactly probation the second time was like actual probation but um yeah and then I was just I don't know I was a very emotional kid, really. Mm. And I think it was eighth grade. I was still on probation, and I started taking, like, Xanaxes mm. or Xanax. Um, and I would even, like, kind of sell them a little bit, but not, like, hardcore. Um, Yeah, this is this is probably not what the church people were expecting to hear. I got redeemed. No, I did. it is. It is. <laughs> it's, it's a part of your story. And, um, and, and I think it's important to know things like this because mm-hmm. – um, what if you were to listen to this before you knew Jesus? What if you were to listen to someone talking like this and, That's good, and yeah. talking about their story? You know, it, to me, I don't think it's something that we are we should be scared of, or uh, you know, we don't glory in it, right? You know, exactly. we're not sitting here saying this is awesome, mm-hmm. um, but it, but I do think your story is important. It is your story, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so who? What did faith look like through those years, you know? Non-existent. Right. Non-existent. Well, so there was one time in seventh grade where I was, like, having suicidal thoughts. And I went mm. to go tell my dad. Yeah. And this has, like, deterred me away from it. And you'll see how far away I got, actually, of the faith right before I came to know Jesus. I was in the new age. But um, I, I was having suicidal thoughts, and I came, like, my cousin was over, and we were talking about it. And he was like, bro, you should tell your dad. And I was like, nah, bro, I'm not going to tell my dad. Mm. I ended up telling my dad that night. And he was he got frustrated. He's like, no. No, like not not a son of mine you know if your relationship with the lord was right you wouldn't have those thoughts and things like that and i hate saying that because my dad is a good guy mm-hmm. and he does not think that way no more he has come you know he's grown a lot and he's a good man and i don't want yeah. that to go as like you know a mark on his reputation or whatever because he was just he's a single father he doesn't know how to deal with that and he's scared in the moment and he's terrified he's terrified he's mm-hmm. gonna lose his boy because so i mean you react he react and, and I don't blame him for the way he reacted. That's right. Of course, he could have done it in a, a different way. We all could do sure. things differently at times, but you know, I like I said, I don't blame him. Um, and then, it, yeah, well, yeah. So, 
faith, what faith looked like, looked like it wasn't, it was just non-existent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not praying the Lord's prayer at night. No, that anymore. lasted for a short season. Yeah. And then so did church. We stopped going to church. Mm. So like I had no connection with yeah. any of that. Really. Right. Yeah. Do you remember having any Christian friends or anything like that? Any kids at school that were Christians that you, that you knew or what, what was your, yeah. No, because like, I just didn't curate that environment. And looking back on it now, like you have a really good point. I think the Lord allowed all that to happen. Mm. Um, even right up to the new age, he allowed that stuff to happen. Mm. So I could like testify about it. And so like there's certain lessons that I learned then. Like people say I'm very wise, but it's because of the upbringing that I had. Yeah. And so like That's right. I wouldn't have a lot of this wisdom in the context that I have this wisdom if it wasn't for where I came from yeah. and like what I came from. So... You're 19. I'm 19. Going on 30. Going on 30. Yeah, that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there are ways that we that we live um, more difficult situations that do put some years under our belt. If mm-hmm. if we're wise enough, if if we receive it, we can be fools too, right? And exactly. miss those opportunities mm-hmm. to grow in wisdom and and learn from the crazy things that we've been through. Yeah. But and um, like my gift is communication. Yeah. So, and I, and I, and I own that, like I, since a little kid, I've been articulating things. Yeah. And so that, I think that's part of why I'm so wise is because I would articulate my feelings Mm. and whether I knew it in the moment or not, I was trying to convey those things to somebody. Mm. And so like, I understood what I was feeling and I wasn't, I'm, I'm all, I've always been an observer. Mm -hmm. Like I spent a lot of time away from everybody, um, doing my own thing. And so I would just look at people and like, I don't know that, that just does a lot for somebody. And so, I don't know, like, that's where I, I would say a lot of the God-given wisdom is, is given in multiple facets. Like, he doesn't just bless you with wisdom. I mean, not, not normally, right? He sets you up for a life of wisdom, mm. and it's up to you to, like, curate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Proverbs talk a lot about go get wisdom, mm-hmm. get wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's the, this thing that you can attain and you can grab onto, but you have to go after it. Mm-hmm. I think even, like... Whenever, and this is kind of off topic, but whenever uh, Solomon asked for wisdom, I feel like the Lord gave him awareness and that's all he needed to have mm. for wisdom. Because I mean, awareness, just being aware of the mental landscape mm-hmm. and like, instead of looking from inside the jungle, you look on top of the jungle mm. and you kind of navigate your way through it there. So, mm. yeah. Now, did you have any distant family that were Christians? Do you have any k- grandmas, grandpas? Cousins, any anybody like that at all? That yeah, like, I mean, I would say my family was like still Christian, but believers. they just weren't out. Were they disciples? You know, like no. the, the difference there. You know, no, no, I I knew nobody. Right, like nobody really poured into me in any sort of way. Nobody, I don't even think I heard of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, really, there was no, there was just no connection there. Right, shocking in Joplin, Missouri. Right, and there's Bible people, Bell? there's people. In Joplin, we've never heard the gospel. No way. Yeah. Bro, right. It's there are. Dang, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, did you have any kind of uh, what was your attitude? You think towards God? Was it ah, uh, if he's real, he does he doesn't care too much. If he or what was were you angry at God? What? Like, I, so like I said, I, I'm bro. I'm like even now. Well, I've got it very tamed, but dude, I was very emotional. Yeah. Very emotional. 
um, I had a whole bunch of anxiety, bro, throughout high school. Like, I, there was times where I had two or three anxiety attacks in a day. Mm. Um, and I would just, sometimes I'd have my head down walking up to the teacher, hey, can I go to the bathroom? And I would shake it out in the bathroom for like five or ten minutes. Um, times where I had anxiety attacks where I would just hop up, run out of the classroom, jump or punch the walls. I'd punch stalls before, like just a whole bunch of, and I, dude, it was straight up demonic now that I think about it. Cause I had voices, bro. Like I was mm. hearing voices and some of them sound like mine sometimes. Some of them didn't bro. And, um, it was scary. Like I have scars on my wrist and that really scared my dad. Um, bro, I tried to hang myself one time, woke up on the ground. You mm. know what I'm saying? Uh, do you remember the moments leading up to it? Do you remember what you're thinking in that moment? Bro, honestly, if I'm being completely honest with myself, it was it was like a almost like an attention seeking, mm. but it it didn't feel like I was seeking attention from people. And now looking back, it was a spiritual lack. Mm. Like I needed to be seen on a level that was deeper than person to person. Mm. And so I would I loved to cry out to God when I was angry and blame him for everything. Yeah. But I, I mean, I wish I knew, like, what the Bible said about Jesus. I wish I knew who Jesus was. I didn't right, know who Jesus right. was. I knew who God was. Right. And so, like, I don't know. If I knew who Jesus was and, like, the love and everything, I don't know. I'd still question it. Um, I don't know. It's it's something that's hard for, even for me to articulate. Now, sure. I'd, have to, I'd have to think about it for a yeah. minute to really. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward. You know, you get through high school. Um, you probation a couple times, you, um, high anxiety, some self-harm stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, did you graduate? Um, so like, mind you all this time since, so I got off probation and it was a heavy, heavy weed smoker. Yeah. Um, over a thousand dollars a month on it. Um, whose money? Sometimes it was my dad. Sometimes it was mine. Like yeah. whenever I got a job, like basically all my money went toward it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'd ask that all the time. Hey, is there any work I can do around the house? Da, 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 da. And so like being in that crowd, I only went to two two years of high school. And even when I was in high school, I was skipping almost every day until I got on probation. And then, you know, like it was they they almost took me away from my family because I was like missing school. Yeah. Um. And by that time, I don't know. I would. I guess I won't get into that right now. But um. Man, I go on these tangents and I try to have to backtrack. But uh, so yeah, sophomore year when COVID hit, I stopped going. Everybody stopped going. Sure. They they did online and then I just stopped doing online. Oh yeah. Um, because it was like too easy to not do it. And then I got in the habit of not doing it. And then I was like, nah, screw that. So I stopped going to school for like a year. And then I got talked to my counselor. Um, figured out that there was an alternative school on Fifteenth in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I went there for like, I think it was around a year, year and a half. So I went there and I tested into this program to be able to take my high set, but get my diploma. Um, so I did that and I graduated, actually graduated early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I walked with my class. Mm. 2022. Represent. so you graduated and I kind of want to trace this thread back through music where did music come into your story Um, because that that 
when I've heard you talk about things in the past, that's been a big part of your story. Dude, it's huge. Where where did music come out onto the scene for you? Seventh grade. Okay. Seventh grade, 12 years old. Um, the same guy that I bought weed from for the first time. Uh, he was next to me in Encore, which is like homeroom or, you know, just a intermediate part of the day. And he was writing raps. And he was writing raps. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? And he showed me a few. And I was like, you know. I just felt like I could do it. I was like, oh, that's not that hard. So they were super simple starting out for like the first year. And then I got a hold of it. And then it became this thing that was like, I can I can use this as a tool to express myself. And I've always loved music. Yeah. Like the melodies spoke by themselves. And then the harmonies on top of the melody, like the vocal harmonies on top of the melodies. And it was just, I listen to music and just cry, bro. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's so beautiful. Something about it just, it, it, uh, talks to your heart in a different way like it mm. talks directly to your spirit mm. like there's music in heaven bro yeah and that's that's for a reason right um because it's just it's a special it's a gift yeah it's definitely a gift and that's why worship hits so much harder than the message sometimes yeah because it's just it speaks directly to your spirit but yeah so like i had this attachment to it even before i started making it and when i started making it it was like dude now i can get people to feel my pain right like now like if i can just articulate it in the right way people are gonna understand yeah and even if they don't understand what i'm feeling they understand how i'm feeling right or like even if they don't understand why i'm feeling they understand what the emotion because the emotion is what i'm trying to communicate Mm. um so that carried with me i mean obviously to this day but i don't know and then i started doing I had my 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 own studio like in my closet, like yeah. a twenty dollar microphone, right, right, and a laptop. And I think it was by the end of seventh grade or the beginning of eighth grade year, like I had my studio. My it was eighth grade. I had my studio in my closet. It was super cheap. Yeah, and I had like blankets up on the wall, sure. and I would have to like record it on my phone, email it to myself, and it was so yeah. tedious. Right, but I like I was making songs, and I even made a song for my eighth grade for an eighth grade uh, English project. Mm. And I think that was pretty fun. I think that was the first song I ever posted on SoundCloud. No, it wasn't. Well, maybe it was. But embarrassing now. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. So, and then it keeps keeps going with me. And I think I ended up losing that laptop, so I just stopped. And then I got into high school. They had the MacBooks. So, and then I asked my dad one day for or one year for my birthday. It's like freshman year. I was like, Can you get me this? microphone setup it was like 300 some dollars and it was the scarlet 2i2 focus right um setup it had the headphones the audio interface and the microphone microphone was cheap but you know you can make good knowing what i know now you can make good sound off of bad quality mic yeah um and the average person couldn't tell but um yeah so started making songs again heartbreak songs at this point you mm-hmm. know it wasn't just whatever whatever but it was heartbreak songs and i think this is when in that time is when i really started to get a hold of things um it was still cheesy but it like i was starting to communicate ideas in tandem with other ideas mm-hmm. and so it was just getting more and more complicated and then that's when i picked up the guitar it was freshman year <laughs> so i started doing guitar songs which i couldn't record i think i tried to record one or two but it just didn't sound good yeah didn't sound right even even my vocals because i was putting no 
effects on my vocals. Right. I was just recording raw and thinking like, why does this not sound good? Yeah. And cause I just didn't know. And then, um, I think last year, two or three years ago. So this is when, around when I started to, uh, come to know the Lord. Yeah. So this is kind of like, uh, flowing perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, it was during the alternative school days. I started getting into the new age and, um, you know, I think it, the gateway for that for me was TikTok. Hmm. People started talking about the star seed stuff, and I was I wasn't too interested in that. That sounded a little, a little out there. And it's crazy how we could say, ah, oh, I don't want that, but I'll take this mm-hmm. from like religions right, or whatever. Right. So, and New Age is like everything, all the old religions and like philosophical religions combined. Yeah. Um, but I was meditating. I had my crystals, like I was getting new crystals and wearing them on my neck, going to school, talking about it. And this is hard for me to talk about. It's easier now because I went to the school and I cried with my teacher, but we had somebody pass away um, that went to school with us. And I would talk to her about new age things. And she would be very, very interested Mm. because I was an articulator, bro. Like I could really get my ideas across and Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yo, like, does that not make sense? And I'd like set up these uh, conversations and drive my point home and they'd be like oh like okay and i'd put my crystal in their hand and be like yo do you does your hand feel warmer after you hold it and it it did like it was so weird but i think i think there was a spirit behind that to be Mm -hmm. honest but she passed away um her dad her dad literally shot her and it was a very very messed up situation but after i heard that um and this was a few months ago not her passing away but a few months ago i was thinking about this and i was like dude that i caused her to go to hell Mm. and it was deep and I cried I was in the back seat with two friends and I was crying and they were like talking going on because it was I it was it was quiet back seat laid down acting like I was asleep and um they looked at me it's like are you crying I was like I was like nah bro I'm fine <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah but then uh, a few like a month or two ago I went to the school and talked to her about it and you know my principal is the one I talked to she um She's of the faith as well. Showed her a few of my songs, and we talked about that. We cried together, and we kind of, like, mourned that. And mm. so it feels better now. But anyway, you know, that was, like, a, another tangent. But No, it's good. Um, so, yeah, I was getting a new age, and... None of these are tangents. These are your story, and it's okay. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, new age, doing a lot of... Watching a lot of Joe Rogan, scientists, um, the whole... We are all one consciousness, but mm-hmm. separated into mm-hmm. multiple people. And looking now, like I can see that's totally a perversion of Christ in you. Yeah. You know, like we think we're all our own God or whatever and unity consciousness and all of these different things and remote travel. And, you know, now I just like that's just divination. Mm. But back then it was like I had no explanation for these things. So what they were saying had to be right. Yeah. Like, and they had evidence and the CIA even looks at these things and there's CIA documents that like. And so it was just this big, it was like one big conspiracy theory that I was just going down the rabbit hole. Um, it's like isolated theology. It never turns out well. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, then I started getting into like research and shrooms very, very heavily. And so, and I never done shrooms before, but I was researching this thing, everything, you know, when it comes, and I was meditating too. So I was like talking to myself and I have a really weird um, view on that. I don't know. There's like two things, but anyway, I was talking to myself, meditating. I actually did change. Like it, it, I, I changed as a person. 
Um, but I wasn't new. Like I didn't, I wasn't made new. Mm. And so that's always the distinction that I make because I was, I, I was less angry most of the time because I could think through my anger. Um, I was very, I tried to be very understanding, but I was super judgmental, mm. super judgmental. Um, because I was like, dude, I have all this stuff figured out. I would always, ego was, I, I try to deconstruct my ego or, you know, a lot of pain. I, that, I worked through a lot of my anxiety and pain then because I would ask myself, why am I feeling this way? And I'll trace it back to all these moments. And like, I would meditate for like 30 minutes every day. So I would th- really think about these things. And like, I, I, it helped me get over some of that stuff, but I would still have episodes. Mm. Um, anyway, you know, I'm going and I'm researching shrooms and, um, just the science behind them and how everybody has these visions. Da, 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 da. It was just very, very deep, multiple, multiple categories and aspects and different uh, topics in this area. And I would just indulge on in all of them, bro. Cause I, I, I'm at heart. Like I'm an intellect, I'm an intellectual. Like I mm-hmm. want to know things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was researching all these things and then I finally got, I finally got a hold of some shrooms. It was like a, a gram and a half. And I took those and bro, like I, I didn't actually like start tripping, but there was slight color change and I had smoked and it was like a high, it was like a high, um, but very, very intense. And it got more and more intense and I started to freak out and I took him with my little brother. Um, and like, he was fine. We'll come to find out later. He wasn't totally fine, but, um, and I was just like, bro, I started freaking out. And then I started projectile vomiting. Like it just didn't sit well with me in my stomach or whatever. It doesn't happen to everybody, but it happened to me. And it took me, but it, what it did with with what I took, the shrooms, and where my mind was at with the new age, having all of this information like soaked, like a wet sponge, you know what I'm saying? Like it was mm. just full. Mm. And um, my mind was. And the state of my mind when I took those shrooms, I, every time I closed my eyes, it was like I would think of the vastness of space. And, but instead of black, it was purely white Mm. and I couldn't see anything. And it was just like void and it was terrifying. And it took me a while. And like, after that, it took me like five or six months to recover from that. And I would stay up for like 24 to 36 hours at a time because every time I closed my eyes, it was like staticky, you know? And like, it was like a, you know how you, an old TV has the static. Mm -hmm. It's instead of that, it was like black, but like still. And whatever I look up at the sky, I'd see like things flying around and I researched it and apparently it's like your white blood cells you could see, but I couldn't see that before. And whenever I got too quiet, I would hear, like I would just notice things I didn't notice before mm. and it, it tripped me out and I like had to get used to my new normal. And so I don't think I ever like recovered, but I got used to the way things were. But when it's too quiet, like I heard just static in my ears mm. and I looked that up and apparently it's my blood flowing. Like I could hear my blood flowing, yeah. but it's like, dude, I never noticed these things before. And now I'm having trouble sleeping and wow. doing this. And so to, to help me go to sleep, I actually started watching this show called the encounter. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like Jesus, there's two movies and there's, there's the a show and it's like, Jesus comes down and helps people in different scenarios. And like, it's just wild, but it really helped me, Put in the perspective, like like I got a new perspective on faith, yeah. and in the new ways, Jesus is like a prophet, and mm. he was like preaching, you know, conscious oneness, whatever, whatever, however yeah. you would phrase it. Um, but now I started to see Jesus in like a new way, and it really like that show really helped me, and I was praying kind of, um, but I wasn't reading my Bible, and so like none of that really stuck, but it helped me go to sleep, 
and and then that's when I started working with my dad. Mm. Um, so I started making money for like the first time for real, for real, because uh, I was working forty hours a week and buckled down. Like I, I was like, I need to get my head right. Like I can't stay in this house and be thinking all day, otherwise I might actually lose it. Yeah. So I, you know, had to go to work with dad, get my mind preoccupied, and I was making money. And so I started seeing like five, six hundred dollars in my account, and then like I couldn't write music at the time because it was going too far into this mind that was like, right. But I started slowly getting back into music, and I was sitting there thinking, like, dude, what am I actually doing with this? Yeah. Like, it's been years. Let me, let me. And at this point, the lap, uh, the school had took their laptop back. My dog had chewed up my old microphone or mm. my old uh, studio equipment. The only thing I had left was this cheap old microphone, and nothing to plug it into. And then I had the, um, I still had the audio interface, the Scarlet thing. So, <clears throat> I was like, dude, like, it's time to get somewhat serious about this so in this time i kind of fell away from god or whatever nothing stuck um so i stopped kind of i stopped praying stopped watching the show like i was getting better so like it's like i used god for that and so i kind of just moved on started i was still smoking very very heavily because i was like trying to cope Mm. with the whole shroom thing um so but i saw this money i was like dude just have the mindset that I just started working, just started getting money. So before that, I had no money. So I started working. I was like, I, I, in quotes, I still have no money. So I started saving up my money and I started buying studio equipment like over time. And over like a month or two, I spent $2,000 on the studio that I still have today. And, um, and I started like grinding, like watching YouTube videos. How do I mix my vocals? How do mm-hmm. I get my vocals to sound airy? Um, how do I get them to set on the beat? What is compression? What is uh, an EQ? How do you do this? Like, and I started like training my ear and doing these things, and it was like music was my idol. Like, I mm. worship music. Eight hours a day at work, eight hours a day in the studio, and it was like, dude, this is what I did. I worship the process of making music, and I worship the music that I made. Mm. And then I started getting into TikTok, and like this became my life. My like it was my it was my life. Even at work, I was like writing the next song or planning the next TikTok or you know. You're like you're making TikToks, like you had an account and you're posting stuff. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it never really went anywhere. Yeah, but I kept going, kept going, kept going. Um, so that like basically got my mind off everything. Still smoking like crazy. Um, so I, I wasn't really feeling the conviction or whatever. But um, one day I was smoking with an old friend from high school, and his cousin Facetimed him. And his cousin, like I don't know if you guys know who Blueface is. Um, and you you guys know who Krishan Rock is? Blueface's girlfriend? Yeah. Um, his cousin was Krishan's brother. I know. Okay. Wild connect. I never ended up talking to Blueface, but <laughs> I didn't I don't now I don't want to. Not really. But um no, I want to stay away from that. Not even not really it's a, it's a hard no. Yeah. But he ends up coming over and he comes over Listen, I saw him a few of my songs. At this point, like, we're smoking logs, and he's a Christian, and he's, like, just kind of, like, looking around, like, oh, da, da, da. you know, he's, he's now I can say he's gifted in the evangelical space because he goes to Pitt State, and, like, he's just around those people, even kind of speaks in the way that they speak, but, bro, let me go on. Let me, let me keep going, and you'll find out, like, bro, he's really, he really is about that. Um, So, yeah. At the like somehow we got on the topic of God, and I don't remember how. I wish I did, I really do. I wish I did. But um, we he was just talking about his faith and how much he really did believe, and you know I'm 
friend, like I, I thought I experienced God or thought I knew God or Jesus, but he, what he was talking about was like a different type of dude. I know him. So he invited me to his church and I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to go. And I said some stuff. I don't know if it was a, I, w- I don't know if I would consider it a prayer, but I was like, God, like, you know, if you're, if you're real, show me. Mm. Like I'm gonna go here and, and <laughs> like, I'd call that a, I'd call that a prayer. Yeah, but it wasn't like a uh in my in my heart or it wasn't a prayer posture from my heart or my mind or anything. It was just like, but yeah, I was talking just to kind God. of throwing it out there, just yeah. throwing it out there, and I was like, just reveal yourself to me, like speak to me, mm-hmm. um, just tell me. And I I wasn't expecting it to get answered the way it got mm-hmm. answered, but um, so I go. It literally felt like he was talking, and I vape too. Um, vape for years so I go and he's talking about like he's looping in vapes with a bible scripture and it's like these are the he's like these are the end times and he wasn't like condemning but he was like it was encouraging it was but it was like very intense um Pentecostal church so they're they're like they're intense yeah Uh, especially this one what was he saying about vapes how did that how did that connect with the end times (laughs) (laughs) he said he there I don't I don't know his scripture the scripture that he said like I don't know it for myself but he said there's going to be smoke without fire. And he was like, I don't know about you guys, but that sounds to me like them vapes. And it was like, <laughs> he, he looped it in. And I was like, oh, no. Like, it, it, it wasn't like, an, oh, no. But I was like, oh, like, dang, he he has a point. Right. And so I, it really felt like he was. where he's coming from. Okay. Yeah, I see where he's coming from. <laughs> and even like the worship, you know how, like, it's just very hymn, hymnal worship. and mm. But the kids were running around clapping, dancing. I was like, dude, like, this is wholesome. Mm. This is wholesome. And the message was really good. I don't remember exactly what the rest of the message was about, but he pointed, it was, he didn't point me out, but he's like, it's good to see some new young faces in here. Mm-hmm. And so you look around the room, you're like, yo, I'm the only young face in here. <laughs> well, <laughs> me and the guy, be, like yeah. the guy who uh, invited me there, his yeah. name is Jamari. Uh-huh. I feel like he's the only one that I'm comfortable saying name, uh, naming names, but. What's up, Jamari? <laughs> What's up, Jamari? <laughs> um, so yeah, Jamari. He he was there too, um, and he's yeah. eighteen. Yeah. So he's like a year younger than me. Yeah. But he still discipled me. Um, within the first few weeks, taught me how to read my read my Bible. Yeah. But anyway, back to this. After the after the sermon, um, there was a like a prayer line, and people were getting prayed over. Like one or two people fell out, and I was like, dude, let me know what's going on. <laughs> and it was like, dude, this isn't. It just felt like to me. Because in New Age, they have like this, this concept of like mob mentality. Mm-hmm. So if everybody in the room believes it's real, especially when it comes to like your thoughts dictate reality, you know, different stuff like that. If everybody in the room believes it's real, things are gonna happen, and they're gonna really believe it's real. Mm-hmm. So I kind of came in there with like a um, residu- res- residual thoughts, thinking yeah. almost like that, and that's how I reasoned what was going on. And then I got up there. The guy, uh, Jamari, he was like, yo, yo, come on, like, get in the prayer line. So I got up in the prayer line. I was reluctant at first, but I, I got up in there. I got up in that prayer line. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and people ahead of me, like, one or two people fell out, and I was like, oh, like, this isn't real. So um, this happened to my dad kind of one time, too. But I got up there. He started praying over me. I, he was like, what do you need prayer for? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was like, oh, he's like, okay, I'm just going to pray for you. So he anointed his hand. He has oil. So mm-hmm. he anointed his hand, put it on my forehead, started praying for me. And, like, my my body started to, nah, really, I'm just going like, to. This part of the story always gets wild because it's hard to explain. But, like, I started feeling something. 
something, right? And somebody put my hand up. So I was like, keep it up. You know, <laughs> put my hand, I kept my hand up. I was like, dude, I'm going to receive, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it was like, you know, receive this prayer. Mm-hmm. So I kept it up and I was like, I, th- I think God looked at my heart because I didn't, I wasn't really thinking this at the time, but God was like, dude, you're going to keep your hand up. I'm going to, like, I'm going to actually do this. Like, yeah. You're, it was me kind of like, something is going to happen. Like yeah. something is happening. Yeah. So I kept my hand up and he's praying over me. I, I don't remember what he said. All, I was so focused on my body. I didn't even listen to what he said mm. because it was like feelings coming up. And then it, all of a sudden it was like a warmness. And I say it now, like I was baptized in fire, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I felt the fire and I still have my hand up. And, uh, <laughs> and um, all of a sudden it was like that fire turned into electricity. And I started see like it, not seizing, but I started shaking every part of my body, every muscle. And I fell out like I fell backwards. And I was like, bro. I was so caught up in the moment, I was having no thoughts. Yeah. I was just focused on what was happening to me. And it was like, I don't know, bro. I was sitting there doing it, and it was like, I was shaking kind of for the rest of the night, bawling. Mm. Bro, like, I haven't cried that hard in years. Yeah, um, Just sobbing, bro, for the rest of the night. Mm. And, you know, bloodshot eyes, and I'm sitting there shaking, like, <laughs> looking around. Like, I just had this experience in front of people. I have no idea who they are. Right. And so I'm looking around, and it's normal for them, you know what I'm saying? So they're like, they're not biting an eye, but I'm like, <laughs> like, I was like, this is a whole new world. So, um, yeah, bro, um, went outside, was crying, called my brother, screaming. He couldn't even understand me. Right. But I was like, God is real, bro. God is real. <laughs> he was like, Calm down. What's going? He thought I got in a wreck, yeah, like right. a car wreck. He's like, Calm down. What's going on? Where are you? Like, uh, you know, what's wrong? And I was like, I, I kind of. Calm down a little bit, but yeah. I was still crying. I was like, "Bro, God's real." <laughs> and um, he's like, "Oh, uh, okay. Well, are you okay?" It's <laughs> like, like, "It was like, yeah, bro. Um, I gotta go." <laughs> I just hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was it was funny. Um. <laughs> anyway, I got home and I rolled up again and I smoked, but it was like, I felt something, and the high didn't feel the same. Like, mind you, bro, I've been smoking for years. And this time the high didn't feel the same, mm. and this this spirit finally entered into me, and it was he was like, bro, young, you don't need this anymore. Did you will you go? You get home from that moment, you go to smoke in your mind. Is that a bad thing? Is it or did did the Lord have to bring you around to go to convict you about that to like to like tell you that's a bad thing? Did you view it as an immoral thing or not? Or what what was that to you? Was it just that's what I do? But it's what I, my whole family. Yeah. My whole family, bro. I grew up in it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like I'm going to go sin right now. No. I, I'm going to go disobey God. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of your life, and it was later that the Lord kind of like. Nah, bro. Dug like. On that. So I rolled up, and some part of me was like, bro, like, why am I like, why am I doing like? It just felt like, don't like, don't do that. But I couldn't. I didn't have any sort of any sort of relationship with the Holy Spirit at all. Right. And um. I was just, you know, it was such a habit that I was like, I'm, bro, I'm going to do this. Like, I was dependent on it. And so I rolled up. I was smoking, and the high didn't feel the same, but it's still something I was used to. So I was like, okay, like, I kind of just, like, shook it off. And then I started reading my Bible. And then I started having Bible studies. And I, like, really, I was I was struggling there. It took me about two months to get off it completely mm. from from being, um, having hands laid on me yeah. to, um, you know, just two months after that. Um. Yeah, so I was rolling, I was smoking, and didn't feel right. The next day, you know, I, you know, 
smoked every day, multiple times a day. So I th- I just started to slow down, and I was like, okay, well I'm gonna see what sobriety with I'm gonna see what sobriety feels like because at this point, like bro, I, I hadn't been sober in over a few years, um, because I would get up, smoke throughout the middle of the day, smoke, and so I just had no context for what sobriety actually was. So I was sober for like. I I just I get up in the morning I wouldn't smoke and then maybe I smoke at night and then there was like a day I got to like a day without smoking and God was just like the Holy Spirit was just making it feel weird mm. and with making it feel weird I started to question it and I asked the people that you know from that church I got hands laid on me I was like dude like what is you know what do you feel about it? I was like nah bro the Bible says to be sober minded da 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 and I looked at that verse and I I was like dude. Sober-minded doesn't necessarily mean sober-minded. It means don't make decisions out of emotion. Mm. And then I looked at it even more because I was like almost still trying to justify it in like a religious spirit sort of way, Mm -hmm. you know, using the scripture to conform. And I still know people today that are Christian and smoke. Mm. And they're like, as long as it's not my idol, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know how, I do know how I feel about that. (laughs) And well, it's really like, bro, I'm not going to say that's a salvation issue, but when I put down the uh, weed, bro, I had to depend on God that much more. Mm. So how much do you want your relationship to be with the God? Like how, how deep do you want it to be? Yeah. Like do you, it's like, God, I'm going to come to you when I feel sad and the weed doesn't help or da 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 mm. Or like, God, instead of using this weed to make me content, I'm going to make, I'm going to let you make me content. Yeah. And if I don't yeah. feel content off of you, that just means I haven't dug deeper. Or that right. just means that I need to, you know, clear my mind more or, or get deeper into prayer. Or, you know, just like right. whatever that may look like. But Slowly and surely, like I started to value my sobriety. I was battling like sometimes when I smoked um, and read, it felt like I was closer to God. But that's like totally deception, bro. That was a that was spiritual warfare. Yeah. Because, and I pray and I go to sleep high or whatever. And as I'm sitting there, like I try to really focus on the presence of God, and I realized like I couldn't do that when I was sober. Mm. I was like, dude, this is an issue. Like I need to be able to feel God while I'm sober. Otherwise, is it really God? So, um, eventually did my research sober minded. So that way you can, you know, come against the attacks of the enemy, bro. That goes for substance as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because, um, so you can be vigilant. I don't know exactly what the verse says, but, and I talked to other people about this too, that, you know, got redeemed from that place. It's like, dude, like it opens you up to spiritual attacks. It's un. It's unauthorized um, access to mm. the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Just like shrooms, weed is the same thing, just mm-hmm. on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, bro, like you're opening yourself up to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly how I ended up getting out of it and like completely. Yeah. But I just remember like this is not, God doesn't want me to do this and I know God doesn't want me to do this. Yeah. Because for me, it's an issue. For right. me personally, like it's an, it was an issue. Yeah. So, you know, stop smoking. Um yeah, my family still smokes, um, but at the same time, like God still uses them. Yeah, and God, I know, I know children's ministers that they like have the weed pen, and it's like, and they go out and smoke cigarettes, and I'm sitting there like, oh, like come on, and I, I, I work with one of them, and I was like, today, and I don't condemn them for it. Like I still love them, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I wonder what about your theology makes it okay, um, but anyway. I asked her, I was like, have you ever, and this is a weird question, but I wanted to like plant that seed in her, in her mind. Like, have you ever thought about fasting your cigarettes? Mm. Like we've, like people fast coffee. Right, 
Right. You know, and people are legitimately right. addicted to coffee. And I was like, yeah. you know, have you ever fasted? And she was like, no. And then I was like, okay. Like, she didn't even question it or whatever. Right. But, you know, pray the Lord does something with that. Yeah. See, I want to be in, I want to be in a space where I'm like so open, like open handed with anything that I have, anything that I do, any of my habits, anything like that, that it's like, I'm open to the Lord changing that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, yeah, if coffee is in the way, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to give that up. I'm willing to fast that so that I can connect with God more closely. Yeah, bro. Definitely. Um, I gave up music. Mm. For whenever I first came to know the Lord, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I put it down completely. Or no, 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 no. I remember the the um, the video Sabbath. Do you remember when you did like? Didn't you do like a month of no videos? Yes. or something like that. Yes. So it was like, like Ramadan, no YouTube, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like forty days of no uh, visual entertainment. Right. And it was like because that's what I did the most. I, yeah. I mean, I I was watching pure flicks, and I tried to watch only Christian based content. Yeah. Um. Save uh, like a few movies that were like, you know, weird. I don't know. They weren't horror movies. I stayed yeah. away from horror movies. I have like a whole, like a small story on that. Yeah. But um. Uh, yeah, did that. I was doing like word searches and listening to podcasts. That's when I found Ruslan. Yeah. And a few okay. other people. So you you become a Christian for a month, two months, something like that. You're still smoking a little bit, but how do you start growing? Because are you at a year yet of following Jesus? Close. Close. You're not even you're not even in a year yet, bro. And like the Lord has grown you fast. You know? So and, there's some... and so how has he done that? What has he done in the last year that uh that you have you've grown? Focusing on your theology. Mm. It's so it's so important. So and I and I looked at that, like I'm very conscious of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the word for it back then, or you know, a few months ago, but mm-hmm. it was like I know that this is a possibility that I could lose the faith. Like, look look at my family, you yeah. know? And yeah. I'm not, like, certain people in my family. Other people, like, yo, yeah. like, you're doing your thing. And well, I, don't want to, in, I don't want to throw no shade. In Jesus' parable of the of the soils, right? There's the, there's the soil that's rocky. There's the soil that's thorny. There's the one that, that sprouts up quick, mm-hmm. right? And I would say I was the one in the thorns. Right. I, I was. But yeah. I don't think those things are set in stone. No, they're so not. You can and like you, go, you can cultivate. That's what farmers do. Exactly. Is that not what the Lord is doing in us? Is Lord cultivate my heart as mm-hmm. this as one of those soils? I want it to be the good soil. So dig the rocks out. Exactly. All, all of my trauma, all of the past junk that's happened to me. Lord, would you dig those those rocks out? That's hard mm-hmm. work. Would you would you prune back the the thorns that are growing up and choking out the good things that are growing in me? Exactly. And, and that, that's my prayer now. Deep? Would you take roots down deep in me and make me good soil? And I, I think the Lord can change all three of those soils. Oh yeah, to be good soil. Oh yeah, and it even reminds me of the uh, parable. I don't remember exactly what it was, but like this guy had a garden, and one of his fig trees was not bearing any fruit. And the gardener was like, uh, the guy owned a garden, and the gardener that was working for him was like, "Yo, don't cut it down. Give me one year. I'm gonna put special fertilizer around it, and then uh, next year if it doesn't bear fruit, cut it away, throw it in the thing, and mm. make, let it burn." Um, but yeah, so I was focused on my theology and I was like, I'm very practical, you know? So I literally t- typed up in the search bar at, on YouTube and it was like, how to not lose your faith. And Ruslan popped up, bro. And he was like, you don't want to lose your, if you don't want to lose your faith, what'd he say? Something like, let the Bible teach you. 
Like, mm. So that's one thing that solitude is very, isolation and solitude are two different things. Solitude is very healthy. So I, I had a few Bible studies with that church that I got saved at with Jamari. I say saved because that's when I gave my life to Jesus. Yep. So the church I got saved at, um, had a few Bible studies with them. Um, but a few, like it was like a week or two. And then I like, it was just me. I, like I said, I gave up music. So I wasn't doing that anymore. And, and it was like, I think around a month where I would go to work, come home, read my Bible, listen to Christian um, influence, like uh, Christian Christian podcasts, uh, David Deger Hernandez, um, Vlad S- uh, Subcheck, mm-hmm. these people, um, Richard Lorenzo, these people grew me intensely. They were discipling you. They were discipling me from a from a screen. Right. From a screen. And it's like they did so much for me, so many truths. Um, really, uh, I, I don't know what the word is for it, but really like showed me the importance of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. The word, let the word teach you. A lot of, a lot of times while people de- uh, deconstruct, it's like a sweater, right? And mm. one thing doesn't make sense. And they pull on that thread and yeah. all of a sudden you have this ball of yarn that used to be a sweater right, right. that was your faith. Right. So like always be rooted in the word. Like what, is the, what does the Bible say? If you hear something iffy or you hear something that may even sound like it's too good to be true, mm. go back to the word and like what does it say? Mm-hmm. And if you... Like the Holy Spirit used to put scriptures on my mind like no other, but it's because I was in the Word every single day yeah. for hours. So early for like an hour or two, not hours. Like I wasn't crazy, crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, like He would always protect me. Mm. He would He would protect me because He knew I was young. Yeah, and He knew like I'm a baby. Yeah, and people feed me the wrong stuff. People feed me spoiled milk. I don't know what spoiled milk tastes like. Yeah. I'm gonna drink it. Um. So, yeah, I mean, and so that's what it was. I was seeking true theology, and, like, mm. it grew me intensely. And so when I got around even the college age, there was some stuff that was, like, iffy. Mm. And it was, like, that's okay. Can't force things on people. Mm-hmm. I have to meet people where they're at, just right. like they're meeting me where I'm at. Right. Like, there's some things that I had down they didn't. There's a whole bunch that they had down that I didn't. Right. Um, there's multiple, multiple lessons that I had to learn. So... Yeah, I mean, I grew. It, it was it was the Lord and prayer, bro. Like a lot of prayer, I I prayed a lot, prayed intensely. Um, I wish I could pray like I used to. Yeah. Like I, I dude, there was tears, so many tears. Um, I begged the Lord for wisdom. I begged the Lord to do what I do now. Like let's let's talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. I, bro, I get to be on church stages. Mm-hmm. I get to be in front of congregations and and, you know, do my music. Which is something I never in a million years thought would happen, bro. You know, I. It's so awesome, bro. Mm. Like those are answered prayers. Yeah. I told him I was like, Lord, I've learned you changed my life so much. You did so much for me. Let me go in front of people and speak about what you've done. Mm. Um, and bro, he did it. It was months later after like it. The thought had left my mind, but I was starting to make Christian music. It's like, dude, I can do this for the Lord. I talked to some people about it. I was like, dude, we're called to redeem things. Mm-hmm. And so we redeemed the, or I redeemed the music. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, I had to like almost relearn how to make it because it's different vocabulary. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? And But it was easier because it was like, dude, I can just take what I'm learning from the scriptures, contextualize it, and like, you know, yeah. put it in a song. That's right. And it was just super, super awesome, bro. So, But when it comes to growth, when it comes to growth, theology, bro, and community, mm. like whenever I got to the college age, um, talking to people about things that I've learned, things that I think I know, mm-hmm. like uh, things that I think I know. Because yeah. even when you think you have a really solid 
theology. Right. The the way to find it out is bouncing it off of people that That's right. like, you know know the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's like a safety net, I yeah. guess. But it's just a safe place to grow and to be rebuked and corrected. Right. You know how is uh the, the word rebukes and it corrects, but it doesn't always do that like by itself. Mm. It's it's a tool. It's the word yeah. of God. It's like a tool. Yeah. And we use it. Mm. Yeah. So talk about back up a little bit. How in the world did you get to College Heights? Mm, that's good. What what happened there and and where was that? Tell us the story from becoming a Christian to last, you went March you went to spring break with us. Hmm. And that was like that was soon. Like whenever I met you. Yeah. Spring break was right around it the corner. It was like 4 weeks away. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. My first missional community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so around the time where I took the shrooms and I was in recovery, I started going to work with dad um, and we started this new house with uh, Brian Smith. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's my mentor today. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so that's that's how I met Brian. And um, I didn't really know him. Like, I didn't even really connect with him at all. Mm-hmm. It was just like a, you know, because at this time I hadn't gotten saved yet. I haven't went to that church and got hands laid on me, and, which I don't, you know, say that's, I can't say because the hands like no, it's just I had that experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I hadn't gone to that church yet, so I hadn't had that experience. I hadn't wasn't even really thinking about it at all. So I was just really dependent. Like all I all all I was thinking was gotta get my mind right, focus on work. You know, frustration with dad. At least I'm not feeling what I was feeling from the shrooms and the confusion yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I got hands laid on me. You know, I went to work and I was a different person, bro. You know what I'm saying? I was still like smoking or whatever, but like started talking to Brian about different things and he invited me to church. I was like, I was like yeah, bro. Like I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Cause I, I, I had been praying for community hard, yeah, yeah, hard, hard, hard. It was like, I was isolated. Not isolated. I was in solitude for like two months Yeah. for one of those months. I, or the last month I was praying for community. Yeah. Like God, like I, I want godly people. Cause bro, I was lonely. Right. I went from hanging around with people every single day, people that knew me for years and years and knew like what, you know, facial expressions met on my face. And mm-hmm. if I move my body a certain way, they'd be like, yeah, it's time to go. Like, they knew me very, very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, unhealthy soul ties even. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy soul ties even. Uh, but it's just, I just stopped hanging out with them. So, like, I was like, Lord, like, I need community. Like, bless me. Like, I know it co- if it comes from you, it's going to be pure and good. Did that come out? Was that intuitive? Or did someone tell you that you needed community from, like, videos you watched? Where they're, t- hey, you need to get in community with real people? Or was it, do you think it just came up out of you, like, I need people and well answer that first then I get the second question. Um both. Yeah. Both. It was like this deep yearning for yeah. um I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. All I knew about community and like a theologian sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was like um it's important. Yeah. But in my in my spirit it was like I need I need I need friends. But also, like, I want to talk about what I'm thinking right, right now and be right. like have stuff bounced off of me and ideas. And um, I want to, I want to, I don't know, like, I want to meet the Lord's people. And it was like, dude, College Heights was something like I'd never felt before, mm. never seen before. Mm. And I knew that something like that was going to happen. I just didn't know to what extent. And when second, I say like college age, yeah. yeah. Second question Did you, so you said you went from being with these people all the time mm-hmm. to not at all. And mm-hmm. you're in isolation. Did you choose that? Did you choose to say, okay, those are, those are proverbial, 
you know, like the Proverbs say, hey, your friends matter. And I don't need to be hanging with people like that. Or was it, no, this guy's a Christian now, we're good. Like, we no. don't want to hang with him. Like, so, he thinks he's too good for us now. Never, I did not touch the Old Testament. <laughs> right, right. So I had no idea what the Proverbs said. Yeah. Still really, like, I need to, I need to read my <laughs> Proverbs. <laughs> but, because uh, I was super focused on the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. Because that is like how I, that's how I use the Spirit. Right. You know, and that's how I've always seen it. Like, these are instructions on how to communicate and mm-hmm. deal with the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ and Jesus and yeah. how to pray and stuff like that. Um, But no, like, for years and years, me and my me and my old friends, like, and they're still my friends. Sure. I just had to step away. Yeah. Because for this reason, like, we for years, we had talked about stopping vaping. Every morning, I would wake up and spit out blood and cough up <sighs> loogies. Um, and this was, like, this was a consistent thing for, like, a year. Um, So... And that was because of the vaping, bro. And the Lucas was because I would smoke so much. Like, there was a residue in my throat. Yeah, right. And so, like, I had to cough it up every morning, and it was, like, it was horrible. We'd even talk about stopping smoking, but we never did, bro. Mm. We never did. And so I knew, like, dude, if I want to change, I can't be around them anymore. Yeah. If I want to be a different person, I can't be around them anymore. Right. And it was, like, God, like, it's easy for me to give this to you. Yeah. Especially right there, because when you're new in the faith, you're so fresh. Like, God, God... You just realize the God of existence is real, and that lullaby effect mm. hasn't kicked in yet. Right. So you're like, dude, like God is like all powerful. Mm. Like He can do anything. So I'm gonna leave this alone, and He's gonna bless me. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's what that's what happened, and I, I I wanted to change, and I figured out even by myself. I mean, I knew this before. Even by myself, it was hard to change. Yeah. How much harder was it gonna be? Almost impossible. Yeah. I would even say impossible, because God does what He does. But he has his own set of rules. Mm. And, dude, we're human beings. Right. Know yourself. Know yeah. yourself. So I knew myself and I knew I had to get out of there. Yeah. Okay, so Brian comes on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all are talking a little bit at work. And he invites you to church. Uh-huh. And this is when I come and I meet... <coughs> I meet uh, old Cy for the first time. <coughs> Bro, I miss that man. I miss that man very much. Um, Yeah. Come to church. Sermon was like, I was like so hungry. I was so hungry for, for teaching. Let you do a thing. I was so hungry for teaching and just hungry for even a church. And I really liked, I was reading my Bible, bro. Like that was just familiar ter- territory for me at the time. And they were teaching out of the Bible. So I was like, dude, this just intrinsically feels right. Um, so yeah, uh, go to church, go, keep going. Every 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 weekend, it turns into like every weekend I'm going. They picking me up as a part of their routine. Yeah, and I get to know their kids, and I like you know the kids get to know me, and I get to know Sarah, which is Brian's wife, and this is really good. And then eventually, you know, like two or three weeks in, he's like, "Man, I really want to get you connected to the college age. Like they have a college age here. I don't I don't know him very well, but I know that Colby is the guy to talk to. So eventually, we found you after service. That's when I got your number." And I think it was like that week or the week after that. I think it was that week I went to the first, like it was a family gathering. Yeah. It was the first one I ever came to, which is a lot. Like for me at the time, <coughs> perfect because yeah. I was praying for community, yeah. knew God, and I was right. kind of nervous going into it, but I was like, God, you finally answered your prayer. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. Right. So like I went. And I sent Chase and Josh over to pick yes, you up, right? Yes, bro. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So some strangers roll up in a big old grandma car. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and they're there to... Big old grandma key. <laughs> and they're, bro, like, 
know, first the first conversation we had was like about music or something. And it was like, what kind of music do you guys listen to? <laughs> and like we, you know, chopped it up in the car. And we got there and it was like awkward central because I like it was just what, fifty people that I don't know. When you were there early, right? Didn't oh, yeah. you come like really early? I and did so come really early. I think that was felt weird for you. We were mm-hmm. setting up and you know but a bunch of people like, you didn't know. It was it was this weird mix of like I'm so excited because I know a few months down the line I know like I'm gonna get to know these people, but also like that um it's like Ublick. You know What's what I'm that? saying? No. You don't know what Ublick is? No. Like you hit it hard and it's like a solid surface. Oh, or yeah, you yeah, slowly yeah. press your hand right. in. Right. And so it's like coming in hot, it's hard, like it's awkward. You don't know these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as you spend time and slowly sink in with them, it's like right. you know, that's a horrible analogy, but <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. But um yeah, and then man, go to a few missional communities. Get to know whose house did you go to? The Rices. The Rices. Rice, rice, baby. Rice, rice, baby. Mm, yeah, dude. So Stephen and Rachel Rice. Dude, they're such good people. I told, I told Stephen, because mind you, my whole house smokes, um, or did smoke because I got out of there. Praise God. But um, not saying it was a bad house, but it just wasn't the environment for me. But um, yeah. You told Stephen. Told Stephen. I was like. You have no idea what you're doing for me. This is a safe space that I can go to once a week. I can talk about my faith, have fun with people that are like the Lord's people that I can. Man, play games, eat food, fellowship. I didn't know what fellowship was until I got there. And I was like, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's something I still can't explain to this day. Needed it, needed it, and he was like, "Man, like that's exactly what I pray. Like, that's that's why we do this." It's like, "Well, it's working." Give <laughs> me chills. Yeah, I know, bro. I know. Um, but yeah, and then spring break comes around, dude. Heavy, heavy stuff. <laughs> it was good, but it was like, it was good in so many ways. Um, what I saw for everybody, not just me. Everybody got to practice their gifting. Mm. It was like this central, it was an echo chamber, but it was in a good way. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like in moderation, echo chambers in certain places can be beneficial um, in moderation. Uh, and obviously in certain places. But uh, yeah, got to practice our giftings. I got to learn how to listen. Mm. I got to learn how to receive. Heard from the Lord so many times on that trip. Not, you know, direct, not, you know, like not, you know, I didn't hear his voice in my mind or whatever, but he spoke to me so many different ways on that trip. I forgave my dad on that trip mm. at Upper Room. Went up, got prayer. It's bawling like, I cried so many times on that trip, but it was like a release. Mm. It was a release. I, I, I don't cry that much anymore because I don't feel the need to. Yeah. Like I, I dealt with a lot of stuff. Relationships with the college age. Uh, what would they? What you guys call it? An instant pot. Or yeah, instant it's pot. like a pressure cooker. It's like yeah, yeah. You get real, real close, real, real intimate, real, real quick. Because I mean, there's something about everybody being in one place uh, with a certain intention. Mm-hmm. And I heard from multiple people that went to multiple spring breaks or spring break retreats or whatever that that specific spring break was different 
because everybody there was open and willing. Sometimes, even when it's even one person that's not open and willing, it kind of ruins the whole thing. Not ruins, but you know. Mm -hmm. But that was like pure in multiple ways. You know, everybody was genuine. And if and if them being genuine meant they weren't completely there for it, at least they were genuine. And so it was it, it allowed the Lord to meet them where they were at instead of them trying to fake something. Mm-hmm. And so it was very very just pure. And um, you know, I got to see people differently, learn how to look at people differently. Yeah. Um, like when we went to the prison, that was big. It was mm-hmm. big because it was like. Like, what would happen if these guys, excuse me, what would happen if these guys knew the Lord? I mean, forget before, but right now, Mm -hmm. as they're getting out of prison or jail overnight or six months, overnight or 50 years, what happens if they meet the Lord today? And it's like, I don't know, like things could change. It just, it such a weird thought pattern complex you know you know how the human brain works mm-hmm. like you can have 50 thoughts in one second mm-hmm. and they're all of different outcomes and you know you hope and you wish but yeah so yeah spring break was very very intense and very but it's very good though very good yeah that's one of the places where i grew a lot mm-hmm. that's one thing i want people to know <laughs> That sounded like that. He spilled. He knocked over his water bottle. It sounded like glass. Yeah, because this thing's chilly. But um, one thing that I want people to know, and this is kind of like hinted at when Jalen, a few weeks ago, maybe it was a month or two ago. I don't. I don't know. My uh, perception of time is wacky. But it was a while back. Not too well, but not too much more like, but you know, Jalen got up on stage, gave his little testimony, I think. And it was like, I want people to know how impactful this college age is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a lot of people just see the Ozark students, but their MSSU and the people that just work, it, it has the, the power to change lives. Mm. It changed my life. Yeah. Like this kind of solidified, set in stone, like, you know, the cement was laid, you know, formed whatever whatever but this dried it you know yeah it was like this is what it is now Mm. um this college age is very just it's useful yeah it's 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 you know it's beyond words for real um but when it comes to and this is not nobody told me to say this (laughs) but got a gun to his head (laughs) (laughs) but dude Donating to the college age and children's ministry is very important. Mm. So like tithing and giving to the church, that's what paid for um, the spring break trip. Right. Which some of that stuff on the, some some stuff that happened on the spring break trip, I don't think would ever happen. Or if it did, it would happen years and years and years yeah. from now. But the the, the 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 church paid for that. Yeah. Most of it. Most right. all of it. Yeah. Did you? I don't even remember. Did you? Pay yourself or did early bird, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you know, to be able to do more things like that, yeah, dude, it grows us as a family. That's right. Well, and the sacrifice of Stephen and Rachel, it's inconvenient to yeah. open your home to 20 to 25 college students to come like locusts <laughs> and eat all your food, dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like, it's expensive, that's inconvenient. Mm hmm. Yep. But it's worth it. So worth it. It's a, 
Because it, it's like, you're worth it. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at the result right now of, of that sacrifice, uh-huh. of that hard work. And what amount of money is worth the change that happened in my life? That's right. There's not. There's no amount of money. That's right. Like, if it takes a million dollars for somebody to come to get to know the Lord, not because of the money, but because of the experiences that the money brings, it's just a tool. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it doesn't... Money should not be a factor. Yep. Because we got the God of the universe on right. our side. God is the one who made the money. He's got cattle on a thousand hills. What's yeah. a million dollars? Exactly. That's right. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love it, man. Um, so what's what's the what do you want the future to look like for you? Where where are you going? Um, realistically or like further down the line? Not realistically, I don't want to say that, but like However um, you want to answer that question. Where do you want to go? Okay. Okay. I'm going to give like a short and long answer. Um, as of right now, next few weeks, next few months, I want to get more involved with the church, the body of Christ. Mm. And I want to get intimate with the whole church, not mm. just the college age. Yeah, Like the whole church, I want to volunteer with the productions. I want to hone that gift even further mm-hmm. because recently I've been doing churches and like going and even September 23rd, plug. <laughs> um, September 23rd, Saturday, um, there's Keenum Reunion at mm. Landreth Park. A whole bunch of churches getting together. They mm. don't normally get together, and it's like Keenum Reunion. The body of Christ just gets together. That's cool. So people that wouldn't normally see each other get to see each other, and, you know. Yeah. And it's a Saturday. You don't have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's like. I don't remember what time it is. I'm not going to butcher it. Are you doing one of your songs there? Yeah, I'm going to do a few songs. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm, But I want to do that more. Like When we're talking long term, bro, I want to be a successful uh, Christian artist. Yeah. And if anybody that's seen me do that stuff, like I don't just do music. I I say stuff and I I write little mini messages between the music. Yeah. And I want to be a preacher, bro. Yeah. I want to be a preacher. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I just... I love to communicate yeah. the, the word of God, bro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I want to do that. And I want, dude, I want money because like we just talked about, it is such a tool. Yeah. It's such a tool. Um, the sound of freedom, mm. the sound of freedom. Yeah. After I saw that movie, I prayed for a billion dollars Yeah. because it was like, dude, he was a tool, Yeah. but he got used. Like his money was able to fund this crazy thing to save this girl's life and it was like dude this is based on a true story like this stuff really happened and so money can be used in so many ways that we don't even comprehend Mm. like dog missionaries when they go and build just regular schools you know what i'm saying yeah um building hospitals in places third world countries yeah funding people to go to those hospitals funding trips funding um like uh, faith-based programs at school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not just like, just so many different things. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Things that I can't even think of now, yeah. but when I get into that interest industry, there's a lot of Christian artists who do that stuff, who, yeah. who like put their, uh, like, it's it's kingdom money. It's yeah. not mine. That's it's right. For, it's for God. And I don't know. It's what I want to do. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, what's a word of encouragement? exhortation, blessing that you have for your church fam? Mm, I want to say 
for young people, and this when I say young, I mean 12 to 25, you know, it doesn't matter where you came from. Mm. It doesn't matter what you think your gift is. Like, bro, my gift is, is communication. It's manifested itself with rapping and, like, preaching. But before it was, you know, in quotes, preaching, it was rap. Mm. And before I did Christian rap, I did secular rap. And it's like, I don't know. It's it's weird. Whenever I go up to a, a generation that's, that's above me and I say, hey, my gift is rap. A lot of them, you know, some people don't appreciate that, even mm-hmm. in the church. Yep. Other people, they're like, oh, glory to God. But no matter how unorthodox your gift seems or how your gift is manifested, mm. no matter how orthodox, bro, First Peter 4 says, whatever you do, it, do it as if the Lord himself is doing it through you. Mm. Speaking, speak as if the Lord himself is speaking through you. Encouraging, encourage as if the Lord was encouraging through you. Mm. So, like, dude, do it as if, as if the Lord was doing it through yeah. you. And when it comes to um, just anybody in general, bro, like, there's people that have sat on their gift for so long because it's not... Christian mainstream, mm. you know, it's not, um, n- I want to say in quotes normal, yeah. but like a new thing, bro, God is doing a new thing. Um, I'm looking at the Christian rap industry specifically popping, like things are, movements are happening, mm. movements. And I, and I look at some of the concerts these people are having, yeah. bro, hands in the air. Yeah. So, and dude, writing books, whatever it is, like, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I, I think my Main thing would be, whatever your gift is, use it. Don't sit on it. Mm. Don't sit on it. Please don't. I mean, you could be the only one in the world that does it. Don't sit on it. Yeah. I think that'd be it. And I, I, you know, hope the Holy Spirit would take somebody's experience. You know, whatever somebody's thinking right there. Like, mm-hmm. dude, whatever the Holy Spirit is giving you to do, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Do it. And do it with, um, with joy. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Yeah. Because, dude, I get nervous before I get up on those stages. But I'm so excited at the same time. Mm. I'm so excited every single time. And I can't can't begin to express how much it blesses me and other people. Yeah. Whenever you walk in boldness. Yeah. So and if you're scared, pray for boldness. That's right. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Love your story. I love what God's done in you, what you've allowed him to do in you. Can't wait for to see this story that he's writing and who you're gonna become. And oh, I couldn't yeah. believe in you anymore, bro. Like I, I love you, bro. So mm-hmm. grateful for today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gotta use these, right? Gotta yeah. use these buttons. So yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, but love you, man. Love you, church family. Thanks for listening thus far. Go ahead. Can we pray? Yeah, pray for us. Pray for your, yes, pray bro. for our church and pray over those listening to this. And yeah, go for it. Ooh, Father God, I just wanna come to you in the name of Jesus and I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the Church People podcast. I pray that it would bless a lot of people. Mm. Um, and I just want to pray over everybody in the church, young or old. You got breath. God has purpose. Mm. Um, and I pray that you would just give them actionable steps on how to walk out their gifting. Yeah. Father God, Holy Spirit, speak to these people. Yeah. Whether it's through this podcast, maybe they hear something um, now, um, in this podcast or one of the other church people podcasts and they, or episodes and they go and they just hear something else from somebody else. And, you know, you, you, sometimes you speak through coincidence, Lord, and I pray that you would do that. Mm. I really do. I pray that you would continue to just bless, bless our church, bless our church through the messages, bless our church through 
people, you know, other people at church the, uh, through the congregation. Lord, I know you're going to do big things. College Heights is it's a blessing beyond words, Lord. It really is. It's a it's a life changer. Your your spirit rests here, and I pray that we will grow in intimacy with your spirit. And as prayer becomes a more important topic at our church, I pray that everybody would grow in prayer. Mm. Everybody, Lord. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Love you, church family.